Well, today we're talking about how to keep the precise supply-demand balance in a two-sided marketplace. I'm joined by uh, Alexia Smith, who is the VP of Marketing at Dispatch, uh, which probably doesn't need an introduction, uh, but get, uh, Dispatch is a gig marketplace for on-demand delivery, and she was actually their first marketer there, which is which is crazy. About how many marketers are you guys at now? How, how much has Dispatch grown in that, in that time? We have a team of about 10 on the marketing team today. So for about a year, it was just me. For another year, there was two of us. <laughs> Uh, and then we've rapidly grown in the last, call it two to three years. Yeah, that, that's great. Dispatch has seen in, incredible growth. And um, in that journey, I think you've seen the, the ins and outs of every side of building a successful gig marketplace, right? So you were the first marketer and you got to see that from, from the ground up. So you built out the driver engagement team. Uh, that was your first year at Dispatch. Um, and, that, and that's mm -hmm. the team that handles the, the pipeline management and overall experience of, of the gig driver base. Um, so that that's exactly kind of where we're going today is how do we keep that that precise supply demand balance? This gets to a lot of the core issues um, that that gig marketplaces experience um, mm -hmm. because the the complexity of the two sided marketplace model is that you have two markets, right? You have your supply and your you have your demand, um, right. and it requires this kind of balancing act, right? And yeah. so uh, certainly you, can feel like a juggling act at times. Yes, <laughs> right, exactly, and and um, you 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 have to keep them leveled you have to keep mm -hmm. them measured right and mm -hmm. so that's what we're going to go into and um one of the biggest problems that people face when they're building this model it's really common we're going to go into that as well and then we're going to end just like we always do with some practical thoughts for gig marketplace leaders so right. yeah i think maybe the best place to start is how how should marketplaces try to balance supply and demand right what what what, what should their mindset be about that yeah i think first and foremost, it's never, you're never going to find perfection, right? There's, there's always going to be an, an influx of drivers in a certain market, or the sales team is going to be crushing it in another. It's just about keeping open lines of communication between the two teams. So having the sales team who are bringing on your, your demand or your customer base rather, uh, and holding them accountable to giving that supply side uh, of the house within your business. On, on our side, that's called our um, driver engagement agent team, which we kind of touched on earlier, letting them know when a large customer is coming on board um, or letting them know when there's a change in expectations from a customer or if we even have a customer that's like right on the borderline of, of an area that we serve so that they can properly set expectations for those drivers and get information and transparency to the driver base. I think the biggest thing that we've learned is both customers and drivers, but certainly the, the driver base, they just want transparency into realistic expectations. Yeah. How much work can I expect? Where should I be going? What type of customer is it? And the more information we can serve them up on a platter, the better they're going to do, the longer they're going to stick around and the more success they're going to find. Yeah, but one of our strongest beliefs on Rock in Your Marketplace is that um, that we should be building a marketplace that is focused on gig workers. And, and the biggest part of that is, is transparency, um, which is kind of leads into the, to my next question is, I, I think a lot of marketplaces are tempted to, um, be, to, to put all of their effort into either supply or demand to build up one or the other. Um, and 
it's hard to not push demand for just for example um when supply isn't ready for it to be pushed if you know what mm -hmm. i mean um so you're like we have all of this demand we can tap into um this demand that's really easy to build but we don't have enough supply mm -hmm. or the other way around we've got sure. a, we've got a lot of workers we've got a lot of supply anyway so i think that what's really important is keeping that that precise balance mm -hmm. um and so how how do you do that how do you practically do that and do you have any thoughts on why that's important to do? Yeah, so I suppose something that we've learned along the way is um, even starting off with like a soft launch. Um, when you're opening a brand new market, starting with just a handful of customers and getting really good at serving those customers before you start adding more. Um, also only onboarding and starting with a certain amount of drivers so you don't oversaturate the market and then have drivers complaining that, you know, this person or that person or this vehicle type or this area is taking away all the jobs. So almost allowing yourself to not just like turn on the faucet and just let everything come, come flying in, if you will, um, but allowing yourself to get really good at serving a certain customer set and having a certain amount of drivers. And, you know, with our driver base in particular, we're utilizing a vehicle type that's very underserved in a lot of the gig economy. So you think of, you know, the pickup trucks and the cargo vans and folks with flatbeds, you know, most of those individuals don't have that vehicle sitting in their driveway to like go pick up people from the airport. I'm certainly not getting in a cargo, the back of a cargo van leaving the airport. <laughs> You know, if I'm if I'm ordering Chipotle, um, having someone roll up with a flatbed seems like a very odd use of that vehicle type. So treating those yeah. individuals as business owners, because that's typically why they have that vehicle type, and allowing them to find success on our platform is going to keep them around much longer. So bringing those folks on first, allowing them to find success, and then truly starting to measure and understand how much work can they take in a day with this existing customer base? Okay, we started with three or four customers and right now they're doing really well with that amount of work. Okay, let's add another one to two customers and see what that balance starts to look like. Okay, we need one or two more drivers or wow, this particular customer just needs cars and our cargo vans, their space is completely underutilized. By sort of slow rolling that process and not just turning it all on at once, um, I think is where we found a lot of success in the markets that are our longest standing, most successful is we sort of allowed them to build up at a natural increment rather than just opening the floodgates. Yeah. I think what you're getting at, um, at least part of what you, what you, what you've kind of talked about is mm -hmm. that, um, when there's a, when there is a, a misbalance, um, in the, in the supply and demand, it hurts either the Absolutely. gig workers or, or the companies that you're serving. Yeah, you have um, customers that get upset because drivers are, you know, are they're either late or the, their order is sitting on the network for too long before it's picked up. Mm -hmm. You have drivers that are either complaining about not enough work or that there's so many other drivers taking the work that they're not finding success in swiping fast enough. Um, yeah. I could go into a whole other tangent about what you can do to find success with with that option and and you know creating 
driver tiers and preferences and, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, ultimately at the base level, you create upset very quickly if you can't find some sort of balance. Um, yeah. And it, it's not something that you just, oh, I found the balance and now I can walk away. We're constantly revisiting those relationships with our drivers and customers market by market um, to make sure they're, they continue to be healthy. Yeah. That, I think that that summarizes it really well. Even just, just looking, just looking at the, the, the worker side for gig mm -hmm. workers. If there's, if there are too many, there's not enough work. Right. Um, and if there are not enough, the work's not getting done well, you clearly have to have enough. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I think that, I think that gig marketplace leaders who are tempted to, to flood the, the driver side need to realize that, that that is a result of short term thinking. I want to have enough drivers in my, um, in, in my, or gig workers in my, in my, uh, app or, uh, um, you know, in my marketplace so that mm -hmm. I can serve mm -hmm. all of this uh, demand. But you have to be thinking long term. And this is, I think, what we've seen over and over again with gig marketplaces, even though it's a, a new a new market. Um, we've seen that the people who win are the people who serve gig workers the best and um, the ones that gig workers want to keep coming back to. And right. it's not always the easy things to measure, right? Like you, can, you can't measure the happiness of your, your gig workers very easily when, you're, when they don't have enough work or something like that. But Sure. Um, I, th I think that's an important thing to, to be cognizant of as well is that, you know, although they may be gig workers or independent contractors or however you want to sort of label these, these people, you know, you want them to feel a part of, of the business and a part of a, yes. a community. That's been something that we've really uh, tried to recognize with those drivers is, hey, you're, we can't do this without you. And we recognize, you know, drivers that are performing really well. Um, we just rolled out a campaign where we recognize some of our top drivers with, with gas cards. Like we know right now that's really difficult, especially in different areas of the company. And just sent them something to say thank you. We see you're taking a ton of work. Um, Pre-COVID, we were doing, um, you know, driver meetups and 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 teaching each other tips in the trade of the trades and and how to be successful uh, on the platform and making them feel as if they're part of this community uh, mm -hmm. has helped us a lot as well. Because then we get feedback from them too. It'd be really yeah. great if this. Hey, did it goes you guys a long know way. That this area? Yeah, you know, I'm not in Boston. I don't know what that this certain area of the city, it can be really tricky to get to at certain times of the day. So being able to tap into that, um, our network of, of drivers and folks that we've you know, built up over the years is really important to finding that success and balance as well. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And you, you've given so many great, um, great ideas, I think, just hitting on that thing that we believe really strongly about serving gig workers. Um, and, and so, I mean, a big part of that is keeping the precise supply demand balance. How, how do you measure that? How do you, right? That, that, that requires really good collaboration between your supply teams and your demand teams at, sure. at, as, as, at a gig marketplace. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess, how, how do you keep that supply demand balance? You know, it's, say it's, it's hard to find in the first place. Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you develop that kind of relationship between your teams that allows the, a marketplace to keep that balance? A really good data team. No, um, <laughs> our, our data team has done a phenomenal job at, you know, we, we look into this weekly of like, what is our liquidity? What is it? What's the liquidity by vehicle type? 
you know, mm-hmm. how, how many orders are being canceled and in what areas of the city? Um, why are they being canceled? Is it because we couldn't fulfill it based on a lack of supply or based on the time of the day? Or did the customer cancel it because of unforeseen circumstances? Um, you know, how, how often are our drivers dropping jobs because, you know, one of them, it took longer to get to the north side of the city and now they can't get to the south. So I, I would say understanding like the best ways to optimize the experience that the drivers are having um, and and looking at the habits uh, of the customer base and when we're succeeding and when we're not, I mean, we're digging into that information daily. So looking at how frequently you have you have jobs coming on the network, how often are they being fulfilled? How quickly are the drivers able to grab those and and find success? You know, we look at wait times. Do the drivers get there and the load and unload time is is causing delays in the next order? Um, it really is. There's so many aspects to look at, um, but that those are some of the primary data points that we're. Yeah, that's like measuring those on a day to day, keeping solid relationships between the teams, um, between your data team, your supply right. team, your demand teams. Um, and and how about forecasting? Like lo- looking forward. Um, do, do you I have looked down at my notes and had forecasting highlighted. <laughs> I was like, we haven't <laughs> used that word yet. That's one that's really important. <laughs> Um, yeah, like just looking forward um, to how much work you're going to have, right? Because um, your your supply and demand are going to change, hopefully, mm-hmm. o- as you grow um, and change over time um, a lot. And so how do you prepare ahead of time? Like what, what do you need to be thinking about ahead of time um, so that you can make sure you're keeping that supply-demand balance that keeps gig workers and customers happy? Yeah, that's a great question. So, yeah, forecasting is extremely important, and, and we've gotten – pretty darn good at it over the years. Um, because we're all over the country, um, because of the types of customers that we serve, which are really the trades, um, think plumbing, HVAC, electrical, all the like real sexy industries there, you know, they have seasonality, right? You know, in certain areas of the country, when it starts getting really cold, our HVAC customers, their their usage of dispatch is going to increase a ton. In the summertime, you know, some of our landscaping businesses all of a sudden are like booming. And what we do is we prepare our drivers for that. We have communication with them about cold weather tips and tricks, you know, how to find success this time of year, which type of customers can they look forward to getting business from, you know, what do they need to have in their vehicle to prepare for, you know, grabbing pallets of mulch for, for that type of, that type of customer um, and giving them the heads up as to when, you know, really thinking of it as like a heat map, not only by location, but like by seasonality, uh, we've gotten that pretty down to a science and our drivers, we get a ton of feedback of like, it's really great to understand what's coming from who, um, et cetera. Yeah, that's great. All right. So uh, unless you have some final thoughts on on this part, I kind of want to move to that thing we teased earlier, the, the biggest issue. Um with, sure. with the supply side and just um, what, what what is that? What, what What's the biggest issue? You know, I would say that the biggest issue with the supply side is having consistency for the drivers. You know, right now there are a lot of different options for gig work. Now I'd say um, the, the vehicle types that I touched on earlier, like the cargo vans, the pickup trucks, the, fl- the flatbeds, 
those drivers typically find success on the dispatch platform. That being said, we still do get a ton of orders for cars and midsize vehicles, and they have all sorts of different options. So kind of circling back to something I mentioned earlier, which is having those drivers feel as if they're a part of a community. What does that mean to them? Whether it's because we're doing incentives, rewards, we have driver tier programs, you know, we're, we're optimizing the way that they work and allowing them to be the most efficient that they can be. Um, but really kind of getting into the mindset of that driver and what are they looking for? What does success look like and feel like to the driver can be challenging because it's different based on vehicle type, area of the country. Are they working multiple different um, gig apps or is dispatch their primary? Um, so I'd say, yeah, that that getting into the mindset of what does success look like for the driver can be challenging at times. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about how um, you and I did in our when we had a conversation before this, that f filling the top of your funnel isn't really the the oh, main right. problem, right? Like the 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 marketplace that's winning isn't the isn't the marketplace getting the most leads for workers, right? Yeah. There, it's the marketplace that's that has the most loyal, long-serving, hardworking right. workers. Right. And so um, it's it's retention and it's loyalty. Th th that's like those are the really big things on the on the supply side that you have to be able to build. You've given a, a ton of great ideas there transparency. That's something we hit on almost every episode of this podcast so far because it's, yeah. it's really important. Transparency mm -hmm. um, and you've given making them feel part of a community. I, I love that emphasis. I don't think we've talked about that on, on this podcast at all yet. And that that is great. And you've given some good ideas there. Do you have any other ideas how, how you can can fix that any anything else come to mind there yeah you know, i think you know like you mentioned about the funnel like attracting gig drivers isn't always the problem it's you know we have several drivers that go through the entire process of you know background screening and you know sending in their documentation of, of insurance and and uploading everything and then they take one job or two or they never even start so it's that it's getting that flywheel spinning and yeah. so how do you incentivize them to get started? Because we oftentimes find that once a driver takes like five orders in their first 30 days, those are the drivers that tend to be the, more, the, the stickiest. Mm -hmm. So how do you get them to do that? You know, we have something where, hey, you take X amount of jobs in your first 10 days, 30 days, what have you. There's some sort of incentive or reward or bonus behind that activity. Um, you know, we have drivers that we heavily rely on because of a certain vehicle type, and we make sure that we're rewarded for when they take a certain amount of jobs in a certain amount of time. So giving them those incentives, making sure they feel a part of something bigger than just turning on and off an app, that they're appreciated, they're seen, they're heard, they're understood when they have feedback has been, you know, something that I'd say that our drivers who've been around since we turned on the app, we actually have a driver who was one of our first drivers um, in Minneapolis. Um, she then was one of our first drivers who opened Las Vegas, now works for us full-time um, on our driver engagement team. And wow. a lot of that is because we formed a relationship with her early on. She was intentionally like breaking the app to tell us like what wasn't working, what loopholes she could find. And it's because we keep that open line of communication um, with our driver base. So anyways, tangent over. <laughs> no, I think, yeah, I think that's great. 
Um, and, and that comes down to right, understanding your your drivers and uh, mm -hmm. and caring about them. And when you when mm -hmm. you care about your drivers, you have open communication with them. Um, you start to realize the things that are important. What is their experience like? Um, what what kind of work do they want to do? What time? You know, all of those kinds of things. And rewarding um, that behavior, you know, and, and and recognizing it. You know, you can say all day long, "Hey, we want you to feel part of a community." Um, but really finding out a what matters to them and b what we can do to recognize that behavior whether it's within the app or just doing side things like sending them gift cards or you know doing meet and greets or sometimes we've even done um webinars where we have some of our most successful drivers sort of give tips and tricks to fellow drivers um there's just all sorts of things that you can do to motivate and incentivize like yeah. those that behavior yeah I think that's great. I, I had um, we we had David Pickerell on the podcast a, a handful of episodes ago, and he he said something that I that's I, I've that's kind of stuck with me, uh, because he he was just talking about when he was at Uber, um, and even with his with his team at Para, um, they they look at their engineering logs and there's like a, a one to two percent error rate on yeah. you know any any given thing, and he's like it, it's a one to two percent error rate which we we were quick to write off. He said, but we're really not going to write that off anymore. Like a mm. one or two percent error rate may seem like nothing when you're looking at it as an engineer, but as a sure. realizing that that's something that your workers experience. Yeah, so you, you have you someone know. on the other end who's experiencing yeah. an error and it's it's causing, you know, time exactly. wasted or, or, you know, shifting in what they're going to make that day. It's it's significant to them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is great. So, so taking taking all of this, uh, fixing that that the biggest supply issue, right, which is uh, is on for your gig workers to build loyalty to get them actually using your application and working on your platform, um, keeping that precise supply demand balance. All of this is really important stuff. What what's the biggest takeaway you would want leaders of a gig marketplace to have? Like, what's what's the biggest thing they can take uh, back into into their teams? Yeah, I, I think it just continues to come back to what is it that motivates your driver base? It's going to be different, you know, depending on what it is that that your particular community is serving, um, whether it's because you're getting people from point A to point B or they're delivering food. Um, you know, in our case, it's visiting job sites. You know, our drivers want to see the, the most amount of work. They want help unloading and loading. Um, they want their routes optimized for them so that they're not having to like pull over to the side and go, okay, if I take this one, how do I get here? Just really getting in the mindset of, of that driver base of your gig economy and helping them to understand what it is that can bring them success um, with your business. So helping the drivers see what success looks like with you and, and laying that out really clearly, I think is foundational. That's great. Awesome. Well, we're going to throw some links in the comments, uh, one to connect with you on LinkedIn, keep up with all this, all the stuff that you're right. doing. Um, and also to dispatch, I think it'd be great to check out dispatch's website and see what they're, what they're doing. Is there anything else uh, that I could throw in there? Anything that um, you, you'd like to tell people about or push people to? Yeah. You know, we're, we're rapidly growing this year. You know, we've, we've, launched into California this year, which as we kind of joke internally, it's like going into a new country. Um, you know, there's all sorts of, you know, different things that we need to think of from a driver perspective from our technology. How do we best serve the customers and the drivers somewhere like that? But yeah, we're growing. We're, we're coming to lots of areas. So whether you're 
a customer or a driver, uh, we'd love to hear, you know, how we can help, whether it's to get you downloaded on the, on the dispatch app or help you with your business and solving your same day delivery needs. We're, we're expanding all over the country this year. So looking That's forward awesome. to it. Well, congratulations thank on that. And, and thanks for joining me. I, I really love this conversation. I think yeah, it's, uh, great. it's really important. Also, I think we could even like, we, we, we could revisit this, I think at a later time. And, and, uh, there's, there's a lot more to this too. So, and I know I'm you've sure got that, you know, once great. California really gets rolling, I might have some, all sorts of different, uh, tips and tricks to provide. So yeah. happy to do that. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. We'll stay in touch for sure. Sounds All right. Good. Well, thanks. Thanks for joining us. And, and listeners, thanks for joining us on this podcast. We're, we're trying to build the best podcast for gig marketplace leaders and, and talking about these things, I think, is uh, has helped me to, to gain a lot of understanding <laughs> as, coming from the marketing side of of the two sided marketplace model. And it's been it's been really exciting. Uh, so subscribe if you want to keep up with with what we're doing. And uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode.